This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and forget to take a picture and then take a picture of the empty bowl after we ate it all. Uh, this is our fried rice episode, which, you know, I kind of forgot that we hadn't done a fried rice episode because we talked about fried rice in our first episode. Literally our first episode. Which was fried eggs. Yes. Um, and we ate those fried eggs on top of kimchi fried rice, yes. right? Is yeah. that how it came up? Um, but we've never done a fried rice episode. No. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I feel committed to my job. I feel... All right. It, I mean, just... I feel high high sense of job satisfaction today. I'm oh, gonna, good. I'm ready well, to fill out Well, it is time for my, your my... annual review. Great. So what would you say uh, are some of your goals for the next year mm. at this position? Make more fried rice. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say make more money. Oh, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. <laughs> Probably not. I'll be honest. Uh, make more fried rice. Um, get funnier. Mm-hmm. Remember that this is a comedy show. Okay. So like more fiery rants. Always yep. more fiery rants. But like maybe, I don't know. More fiery wok cooking. Yeah. How, how do I balance my sense that the apocalypse is nigh mm-hmm. with my desire to be funnier and remember that this is a comedy show um i think maybe some sort of vr helmet oh that's a great idea uh-huh. i mean doesn't doesn't your partner like work at a vr helmet store uh, she does uh no she, she works for <laughs> oculus which doesn't make vr helmets they make <laughs> vr think... headsets oh yeah that's, yeah, a, it's that's really extremely different. different can i tell you something that i found kind of funny and i i I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I was telling I was telling Ash that I'm I'm trying to take up like a meditating practice again. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been dealing with like some anxiety because of my writing. Hey, join the club. Writing makes me so. I Mary Carr, the the writer Mary Carr, has likened writing a memoir if you're doing it well to punching yourself repeatedly in the face. <laughs> And oh my God, I am 
in that right now. I've been punching myself in the face so much. Have you considered writing like a sitcom pilot instead? Uh, maybe, maybe based maybe on the same experience. Maybe okay. when I'm done. But anyway, um, so I, I, yesterday I, I re-downloaded the Headspace app, which is not an advertiser on our okay. show. But gosh, Headspace, you want to advertise with us? I did Headspace for the first time in like two years yesterday. And then I told Ash about it. I was it all- sounds like some sort of futuristic drug from like a sci-fi novel. Like, have you done Headspace? We're all doing headspace, man. It seems like something that would be in like um, uh, like the three stigmata of Palmer Eldritch or something. Exactly. What are you talking about? Oh, um, oh God, who you've was mentioned that this by? before? Oh, is it like a Philip K. Dick or something? It is. It's Philip K. Dick. Boom. Um, all right, this episode's done. It, we're not going to hit anything. It's not going to get better. Yeah. Anyway, but I told Ash because you know. <laughs> One of the great benefits of meditating is that you get to brag about meditating. Oh, that's this morning I was listening to a podcast <laughs> in which in which uh, the following exchange took place. Uh, it was Jordan Jesse go. Uh, so I've uh, uh, I've been switched. I switched from coffee to green tea. Oh, how are you feeling? More relaxed? No, just better than everyone. Yeah. Yes. You know, when Ash and I were sort of debriefing before bed last night, I told herself I told herself. Mm-hmm. I told her proudly that I had meditated. One time. And then she was like, you know, you should borrow my, like, Oculus, whatever it is that she... Helmet. Whatever the... VR helmet. <laughs> ...headset it's is. Called. Anyway, she was like, um, there's a really cool, like, meditation program on there. And I was like, isn't that, like... Cheating. Cheating. And she was like, but, but VR is like an experience like we experience it differently from like reading or watching tv like it's and i was like you have drunk the kool-aid oh for sure anyway uh, listeners could you weigh in like i just feel like meditating you know meditating with my eyes closed meditating with my eyes open okay wait this seems like these seem like like the good old way to meditate i don't think i should meditate with a vr headset on but i don't think i don't think it's fair to weigh in on this unless you have actually tried it both ways helmet and no helmet it's not a helmet (laughs) that's actually their slogan it's not a (laughs) oculus it's not a helmet (laughs) delivered delivered uh, in the voice of janet from the good place okay um Okay. Well, I, I think fried I interrupted. Rice. <laughs> fried rice. Let's just talk about fried rice. This episode was suggested by listener Rucci. Oh, who, thank you, listener Rucci. Who has suggested episodes before. Yeah, this is not Rucci's first rodeo. No, it's not. I, do I remember any of her previous rodeos? No. But no. I think I think she did a great job, acquitted herself well at those rodeos. Thank you, Rucci. Nice use of acquittal. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Okay. Um, so I grew up with, I remember a lot of like Chinese American restaurant fried rice, um, which usually consisted of rice with uh, fried rice with peas, like like dark soy sauce. So it comes out brown, uh, peas, carrots, like frozen and uh, like diced barbecue pork, Chinese barbecue pork. Okay. And oh, and I loved it. Oh, what what is not to love yeah. about that? And w- was the rice like there was not a lot of char going on in this? I, I'm sure, right? No, because like, it was made in large quantities. Yeah, I think. and it, it was pretty fluffy. I'm guessing. Yes, yes, like good texture. Uh, it, the the peas had their integrity. Yeah, it's made. It's like, it's like rice with confetti sprinkled through it. Like I can it see is. how colorful yes. it is. It's so pretty. Oh a good yeah, Chinese I, restaurant fried rice. Yeah. 
Chinese American restaurant, I should say. Um, so how about you? Did what did you grow up with fried rice? I did not grow up with fried rice at home. My my dad did have a walk and it was a nice like carbon steel, well seasoned walk. And I'm struggling to remember what he made in there. I think that we definitely went through like a, a stir fry period of time uh-huh. with like chicken and snow peas. Mm. I've been going through a stir fry period of time for like mm. the last twenty five years or mm. so. Um, anyway, but I never had fried rice at home. It's something I would get, um, at Hunan. Cassidy Square. In Cassidy Oklahoma Square. City. Uh, anyway. By the time you hear this, we've been there. Not to Hunan, but to Cassidy Square. And I think of shrimp fried rice. Oh, for sure. And in retrospect, you know, from, from now having, like, grocery shopped and cooked shrimp as a grown-up, I'm pretty sure all the shrimp that we were eating was frozen, yeah. Right. It always definitely. has like that different texture, different like kind of. Right. Especially like if it's uh, if it's preserved with like sodium tripolyphosphate, yeah. it gets a little slippery. And oh, God. But it's delicious. It's good though. Yeah. So good. And I, I just think about like for some reason, fried rice was a very visual. It really food is. To yeah. Me as a like, kid. There, like, aren't, there aren't a lot of things we eat that you could describe as being studded with other mm-hmm, ingredients. Mm-hmm. But fried rice is one of them. Well, I guess if you were lucky enough to like grow up in a culture that had like all sorts of delicious rice dishes with like dried fruits and nuts in them. Mm-hmm. You would grow up with things that were studded. Yeah. We, we had biryani on a recent episode. Mm-hmm. We were, it was the chicken and rice episode. That was studded. That I think. was studded. With yeah. like little cardamom pods and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the only thing that, that I, I was studded in my childhood <laughs> was, your horse? was like, <laughs> like, no. Was probably like I don't know some dumb craft project I did with oranges and cloves, you know, like sure. But I mean, isn't like a clove studded orange like something you put in a punch bowl? What, what you could put in a punch bowl, or I think sometimes people like use it as a centerpiece, right? Or something. Of course, like for the holidays. Um, I, I tried making one with June this year, and they really mm. hurt your fingers. Mm. It really hurts to push those cloves in there. It sounds kind of meditative. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely bragged about it afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. Yeah, like if I studded a whole orange. <laughs> we didn't stud the whole orange, no. but but I bragged about like the 10, ten studs we put in there. <laughs> Did you, you know what was studded in my childhood? What? Walls. I was just going to say, do you have a, an electronic stud finder? Oh, my God. Now we're going to get into stud finding jokes. Uh, no, definitely not. Um <laughs> I love my electronic stud finder. I don't have an electronic stud finder. It was like probably like twelve dollars at, at the at the carpenter store, hardware store. You know, I learned the knocking method, which is is which not works, foolproof. It's not foolproof, but like neither is the electronic stud finder. It's not. No, the only foolproof way of, of finding studs is X-ray vision, and I sent away for those goggles in the back <laughs> of a comic and still waiting. Yeah, yeah. I was I mainly intended to use them to see through walls and find studs. Oh, of course. That's uh, that's that's the only thing you can use them. Pretty for. much, yeah. Um, Matthew, will you will you give me some knowledge? Okay, about fried so, rice. So, uh, fried rice is leftover rice that's been stir fried or sautéed. Oh. And is that the knowledge you were looking for? Uh, I, I want more. Give me more. And it was first uh, the first attestations of fried rice are during the Sui Dynasty in China from uh, about 581 to 618 AD. Wow, I mean that sounds right. If you are if you are growing rice, you're probably going to fry rice. Yeah, I mean if you have some sort of high heat cooking method available mm-hmm. to you, and you have this leftover rice, yeah, what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you can eat it cold, and you can't microwave it. So why not? <laughs> Go on. Oh, you mean in the wait? No, 
In the Swede dynasty. I genuinely forgot I was just talking about the Swede dynasty, and I thought you meant, like, I can't microwave it for some reason, because I totally can. No, you can microwave it All right, all right, cool. I thought you were making a dumb joke. I was... you were just being dumb. I was just literally being dumb. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, one of my favorite uh, things written about fried rice is by uh, John Thorne, who we've I mentioned love, on the show many I love times. cranky old John Thorne. Cranky old John Thorne in, uh, in his collection, Mouth Wide Open. I want to read at some length from, from his, uh, his piece called Walk Fragrant in the book Mouth Wide Open. <clears throat> when you wanted something to eat on a long train trip in China in the 1930s, what you got most likely was fried rice. The ingredients, cooked rice, eggs, scallions, seasonings, were easy to store, and the dish required only a few moments to make. Cooking oil was heated to smoking in a large wok. The rice and bits of scallion were tossed in, resulting in a burst of sizzling as the damp surface of the rice evaporated. The cook tossed this around for a moment until all the rice was lightly seared in this manner. Then he pushed this up the wok's sides and poured a beaten egg onto the freed-up surface. With a few rapid twists of his spatula, this mass was first scrambled and then broken into pieces, which were quickly mixed into the rice. Finally, he dribbled over some soy sauce, rice wine, and toasted sesame oil, and with one quick motion, scooped everything smoking hot into an eating bowl and was ready to start on the next order. Mm. Nice, right? Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't a great job, but if you were eating it, that was great. That sounds fantastic. Don't you wish that uh, we got that kind of food on... um, On a train. On a train. Like on the light rail in Seattle? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, Do you remember in the movie Singles... Which you and I are the only two people in the who, world who yep. remember the movie singles. Do you remember when he's trying to pitch the the super train yeah, oh, to the sure, mayor of absolutely. Seattle, Tom Skerritt? You get great coffee. Yeah, you get great coffee, good music, uh-huh. all, all the things people in Seattle want. What he didn't pitch was fried, fried rice. rice. Then Tom Skerritt would have su- said yes. The super train would have succeeded. Yep, absolutely. You're right. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's bras and underwear are going to fit you beautifully. Do you know why, Matthew? I do, but I want you to tell me anyway. They've used real women's measurements to design them. I mean, it seems so obvious, but you've got to do that, and not everybody does that. Can you? But can you find a great fitting bra online? Yes, they've got this online fit finder quiz, which is is pretty fun. You get to like um, look at line drawings and decide which one most closely resembles your breast shape and stuff like that. It's kind of fun. I think I learned that I'm I'm athletic, which is the only time someone's ever told me I'm athletic. (laughs) Nice. And um, anyway. Uh, yeah. And then here's the thing. Once you order them, you can wear them, wash them, all that jazz, send it back within the first 30 days if you don't like it, and you lost nothing except the shipping. That seems almost inadvisably generous on their part. I I agree. You know what? I recently got some cotton underwear from Third Love. Oh, nice. And I really like them. I wore them yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So to get your own and to get 15% off your first order, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk and find your perfect fitting bra. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk for 15% off today. Let's talk about how to make it. Yeah. All right. So first, the first question that you may be asking yourself is which rice do I use? So uh, so the only thing that I know for sure, um, I'm I'm like that the back page in the Oprah magazine, isn't it? This I know for sure. I don't think I've ever actually read the Oprah magazine. Something that Oprah says. 
I'm sure you're right. Anyway, she, whatever. But uh, you definitely <laughs> need leftover rice. You definitely need leftover rice. You shouldn't use fresh rice. You are going to get in so much trouble for dismissing Oprah in that fashion. Um, And the reason why is you need the rice to be a little bit dried out. Yes. Right? In order to fry properly. Yeah. So friend of the show, Kenji Lopez-Alt, did a little investigating. We'll link to an article that he wrote about fried rice for serious eats and found that there are, there are two, like if you if you use like leftover cold rice, like two things have happened. It's dried out and it's cold. Mm. And he was wondering, are both of those things necessary? And what he found was, no, only the dried out is necessary. Mm, so if you take that. If you take freshly cooked rice and like spread it out in a thin layer and like blow it with a blow dryer for a little bit, it's ready to fry. Oh, have you tried it? I have not tried it. Oh, but, interesting. But ever since reading that, I've made sure to uh, not just throw the the rice, cooked rice, into a sealed container right away. I wonder, wait a minute. Hold on, wait, you didn't finish your sentence here on the agenda. Instead, lay it out flat on a baking sheet or plate. Were you going to write the blow dryer on there? Oh, maybe I was going to write the blow dryer on there. So how do I know when it's dry enough, though? That's um, my question. When it, when it, you can crumble it. So um, when it when it's no longer like sticking Sticky. together in a mass and you can and you can like break it apart with your hands. OK. And so are, are then like um, sort of uh, types of rice that are like less glutinous. Are they then better for fried rice? Well, not necessarily. They- I mean, up to a point. Yes. Like you don't want to use actual like sticky rice for fried rice. The short grain rice that I usually buy is stickier than long yeah. grain rice, but it works fine for fried rice as long as you are sure to like dry it well before you cover the container and put it away. Was that Calrose that yeah. we had today? Uh-huh. What do you mean by dry it well? So either um, either like refrigerate it in an uncovered mm-hmm. container in a mm-hmm. thin layer or do the blow dryer thing. Wow. God. Okay. All right. I never the, thought about you're that. Right. The main thing not to do is is throw it into a container and cover it. it. But you don't right want to do that right. anyway because because, because it, then it stays in the danger, danger zone. zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so is there any particular type of rice that is better or worse? So I have come to feel like for fried rice, if the rice is good for eating plain, it's going to make good fried rice. Okay. So that seems like almost any rice. Probably a rice that would not be as good for fried rice would be um, like a rice porridge or uh, (laughs) already fried rice, (laughs) leftover fried rice. (laughs) I mean, you could make like sort of a postmodern fried rice with that. What about uh, wild rice? Mm, probably. I mean, it would be fine. It would be good. It's just a right? different thing. It's, it's it'd a, be different a different thing, thing but it, I think it'd be tasty. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Barley, sure. Fried fried barley that doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have the same ring to it, but I bet it would be tasty. Like you know, yeah. this, it's it's like it's a way of of like being thrifty in the kitchen that also tastes good. So. Fried kasha. That, what are what are, are you thrifty in the kitchen? <laughs> I try, but I, I do have more food Fried waste kasha. than I wish I did. Remember the time we, we attempted to make kasha? Yes. It was so bad and sad because we did it wrong. Terrible. Oh, it was terrible. It was not Kasha's fault. It was 100% it was our, fault. our fault. We love Kasha. Kasha. <laughs> we do. We love Kasha. This episode is brought to you by Analon. Did you know that I used my Anilon 10-inch nonstick skillet last night, Matthew? Did you know I did, too? You did? Actually, it was two nights ago. What did you make? Fried eggs. Me, too. It it is seriously... um, You know, I like to always keep a nonstick skillet around, especially Mm -hmm. for eggs. I don't think I've ever had one that has been as resistant to scratching 
and that has been as like thoroughly nonstick. It's a yes. great skillet. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give the idea that this pan is only good for making fried eggs because I've made a bunch of other stuff in it and it all comes out good. Pancakes. But boy, a lot of pancakes. They, the Anilon skillets are like a fried egg machine. Yep. And what I really like knowing about it is that it's got a lifetime warranty because, you know, it, no matter how careful you are in the kitchen, eventually, especially if you cook a lot, you might need that. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that the handle is so comfortable. I feel like they made it just for my hand. Aww. Did you know that you can shop Anilon's cookware sets, baking tools, and like even pasta makers and stuff at Macy's? And culinary torches. Oh, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot about the culinary torches. <laughs> Anilon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. Okay, so Matthew, are there like backbone aromatics or backbone ingredients that you believe you have to have to do a fried rice? Okay, they are. And then I'll tell you if you're right or not. <laughs> Great. Okay, this is a quiz. What are, <laughs> oh, this is this is like uh, you tell an, me what you believe on an upcoming episode. I I like nail you with a little gotcha journalism, and so I think you're you're like doing it to it me was preemptively. So little gotcha journalism that I don't even really remember what it was. <laughs> you're right. And we um, just recorded it like 45 mm-hmm. minutes ago. So look forward to that next week. Okay. So uh, what was the question? <laughs> so Matthew, are there Backbone aromatics. Yes. Ginger. Mm -hmm. Scallions. I don't always do garlic, but garlic is also great. Okay. I I put a like a fried rice formula in my book Delancey. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that recipe. And I at the time, you know, that recipe was authentic to what we were making at the time, <laughs> which is that we didn't we didn't often have we were not in a period of our lives when we were in the habit of buying ginger and scallions. So we didn't okay. always have them. And we were using fried rice mostly as like a way to use up what we did have. I feel like the way you just used authentic, it's like you're trying to weasel out of being accused of something, but yeah. no one accused you of anything. No, no but no, but I'm I'm I'm. I'm always ready. <laughs> I mean, it may not be authentic, but it's authentic to the way we make it. No, I'm just saying, I think now that we could have done it better okay, if we sure. had ginger and scallions. And I think that... But didn't you have like pulled pork in yours? Yeah. Because that sounds pretty good. Well, because what we would often do is, I think uh, this barbecue restaurant called Bitterroot had just opened mm-hmm. in Seattle. And Brandon and I were not cooking at home a lot around this time. And so... We would, I don't know, once every couple of weeks we'd go to Bitterroot and you could get this big like sample platter there. Yes. And we would eat some of it and then we would bring home the rest. And there was always a lot like barbecued brisket or pork or whatever. And then it was really easy to, you know, have some leftover rice or something, have some sort of like green vegetable and chuck it all in the wok together with like fish sauce, a little bit of soy sauce. I I think that it was not, it didn't have that same like Chinese American restaurant taste that that I I think we often look for, but um, it was delicious. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's a very adaptable dish. Of course. Again, if you want to use barley. Do you think that the, so your rice today, you were feeling a little bit sad about the the fried rice we just I ate. felt like it was a little on the sticky side, probably because I didn't dry it enough okay. before sticking it in the fridge. Okay. Um, or possibly I made it with a little too much water when I first cooked it. I don't want to like scare people into thinking that, that fried rice is hard to do because no. it was still very, very tasty. 
Do you believe that the rice needs to like have a, a look of char on it? Because I don't think you often see that in a, a typical American Chinese restaurant. No, I don't think it has to have a look of char on it, but I think it's good if it has a hint of char that you can taste. And then it also gives like a teeny bit of chewiness. Yeah, right? I like that which a lot. Which is nice. Yeah. Which is really nice. So what's your favorite fried rice combo? Okay, so my favorite fried rice combo is probably... Like some some kind so the, the aromatics that I mentioned that's the backbone we already we already covered the backbone thing, um, like uh, some kind of meat like a like a I think I use like like some uh, pork belly but like uh, I often often will use Chinese sausage it's really mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. Uh, like any kind of sausage is good mm-hmm. um, any kind of leftover meat is very good in fried rice pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it was like something very saucy. Mm-hmm. Um, egg, I prefer on top versus cooked in in bits, mm. but I do like both. Mm-hmm. Kimchi fried rice is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. With bacon? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I made that a few days ago and it was great. And uh, your kimchi fried rice, maybe this is typical of many kimchi fried rice, but um, yours uses a teeny bit of sesame oil, just like a, mm-hmm. a teaspoon for, I don't know four cups of rice or something sure and um and a little bit of butter at the end and butter is so good with kimchi oh it really is yes i did not originate either of those ideas no i I, i'm sure we are not the first people to observe that these flavors go well together okay so oh so so aromatics like i don't know if these count as aromatics but i think uh soy sauce and rice wine Mm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. like if uh thai thai fried rice is also awesome and like you know for that you're gonna go fish sauce Mm. and or like green green curry fried rice is popular Mm, i don't i don't think i've ever had Um, it so like like a you know a little bit of green curry paste is really good in fried rice oh cool okay hey so in terms of like just a general template for fried rice you know obviously you're gonna get the thing hot you're gonna add the oil you get the thing hot get the thing hot add whatever that, that yeah, whatever rub that it down thing with that oil is. Mm-hmm. and then put the oil in then you're gonna do your aromatics <laughs> yeah right and then the rice yeah oh the at what aromatics point, would be a good name for like a soul band or a, at what a point, acapella band at what point would you add in like let's say that you are um, gonna put some sort of other vegetables in there like peas or carrots or or, or your meat. Like, at what point do you add these things in? Because Okay, so the meat, like, I usually want to get a little extra browning on mm-hmm. it. So so that'll go in, like, along, like, before or along with, or, like, bacon, like, needs that needs to, like, render a little bit. That'll go in at the beginning. Okay. Uh, and then, like, if it's, if it's, like, frozen peas and carrots, which are very good in fried rice, mm-hmm. like especially if you're shooting for the for the classic Chinese American restaurant style, those can go in like along with the rice. They don't okay. need to pre-cook. Right. And you're just warming those anyway. Right. Um if uh if it's a vegetable that needs to that needs to like cook at all, like, you know, kimchi should go in should also go in early and like cook some of the liquid out of it and get mm. it a little caramelized. Mm-hmm. If you want to do like cabbage is really good, that should also go in early. Okay. Snow peas. What about something like snow peas? Yeah, I'd get a, I'd get a little color on that before before you put the rice in. Okay, okay. And they, you don't think they'll get overcooked or leathery? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, um, you're moving it all around quite right. a bit. Yeah, I mean, and and like you know, just just like you know, thirty seconds in a hot wok. Yes. So so like this is. I, I have occasionally made a fried rice recipe where they're like, you know, you don't have to use high heat. I think use high heat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's it. You cook it fast. You get a little sear on it. It's it's high heat cooking. Well, and it seems to me that 
who is it? Grace Young, who wrote the book the Breath of the Walk. Yes. Or and Breath stir, of a Walk. Yes. Breath and of a Walk and Stir Frying to the Sky's Edge. That's the one. She's written wonderful books. Um, it seems to me that the Breath of the Walk, like you need high heat for that. Yeah. I mean, That's, it seems like integral to the idea of wok cooking. Yeah. And really like the the breath of the wok flavor in this case, I think it's coming from like the char on the rice, mm-hmm. but also like the the flavor of like slightly burnt soy sauce is one of my favorite yeah. flavors. Because like you don't oh, you don't want it to be saucy. You want you want like that soy sauce flavor to have like, you know, given given all it can and and then, you know, like disappear into the ether. <sighs> Yeah. Getting the after lunch sleepies. Yeah. I'm sure the whispering helps a lot. Yeah, it does. It, it lulls me right to sleep. Yep. And you don't want to keep the rice moving nonstop. Like this, I mm. think it is like if there's one thing I could teach the world about cooking, it's when you're stir frying, especially on a home stove that doesn't produce like, you know, wok acrobatic levels of BTUs, you know, Use that by not stirring constantly, letting things sear a little bit, then getting under it with the spatula and flipping it around. Yes. And I like I want to remind the listener that both you and I have crappy electric stoves. Oh, yeah. So you don't need, you know, you don't need your fancy like gas restaurant grade stove. No, I live in in a crappy apartment and I'm sure my manager buys the cheapest stoves you can possibly buy. I have a electric stove from... Oh, my like, manager doesn't listen to the show. I have an electric stove from the 60s. It's a four burner and one of the burners, part of it is broken off and so it kind of like wobbles around and you can't oh, really yeah. use it. One of the burners doesn't work on high mm-hmm. and all the other settings are also like a little bit too cool. Like it doesn't... That's what I look for in, in, a, in a stove. <laughs> Coolness. <laughs> I, like, only, it, uh, of I the get that you can do burners, a hot burner, the, but can you do cool? Of the four burners, it only has two that properly function. So if I can cook on this thing... And, and if Molly can cook on her podcast. stove, then you can cook on Molly's stove too. <laughs> Seriously, here's her address. Please come take my stove and leave me a new one. <laughs> oh, that's how it works. It's like some sort of reverse burglary. No, but every time I properly, like every time I manage to execute dinner on this thing, oh, which yeah. is every night, I'm like, woo, stuck the landing again. Mm-hmm. Woo, reverse burglary. Right, two burners, and I did it. Two burners, no waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually do like a one burner dinner anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, not a two or multiple burner kind of dinner person. I feel person. like I often have two burners going. Yeah? Yeah. I had like, two. Like today, I fried rice on one burner and fried eggs on another. I had two burners going last night because I made chilaquiles. Mm-hmm. The, the chilaquiles from the rotisserie chicken episode, uh-huh. um, which were awesome, <laughs> We by spent the way. Oh, so much time in that episode talking about enchiladas, and I'm like, I don't really have an enchilada recipe. I'm just going to give chilaquiles. this chilaquiles recipe instead because it's better. It's really good. It's um, our show. We can do that. So I made those, and then on the other burner... Oh no! I still only used one burner because okay because my I, I are you sure you actually have two working burners? <laughs> I'm not. Is sure it possible anymore. you just have one? Is it possible you have no working burners, but you're hallucinating a lot? It's possible that I'm just breathing really hard on the bottom of my pot <laughs> and managing to fry eggs in it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, it, seriously, sometimes, hold on, can I just do an Instagram rant for a second? Oh, yes. When I see people <laughs> with their newly renovated homes with their ridiculous, like, 
fancy appliances Would everywhere. Would you go so far as to say redonkulous? And I'm not just saying this because I'm jealous, mm-hmm. okay? But that is part of the reason. But no, I'm really like, but but guys, we don't need this. Let's be real. Yeah, I'm with you. I know. Newsflash. <laughs> However, now I I was picking on my apartment apartment management for for buying cheap stoves, but we they recently gave us a new dishwasher after our dishwasher broke, and the new dishwasher is so great. Really? Yeah. It, my dishwasher is not great. Um, do you you want to borrow mine? I was just staying. Um, in, you can just come over, bring some dishes anytime. I was just on this a, goes to you for you listeners too. I was on a writing retreat, um, staying in in the home of another writer. Uh, shout out to Deborah Harkness, the author of the All Souls trilogy. Oh, thanks, Deborah, for um, putting Molly up. Deborah, I've never met her, but through a friend, um, she let me stay at her house. Did you right leave a nice gift for ten days? I left her a very heartfelt note. Mm-hmm. That's a reverse burglary. <laughs> Anyway, she had a Gen Air um, dishwasher Mm -hmm. that was so good. I mean, I knew my dishwasher at home, which is an Electrolux. Is Gen Air a premium brand? I don't know. I don't either. But anyway, my dishwasher at home is an Electrolux, and it's like maybe like five years old. It is terrible. Like, I'm regularly pulling dishes out of there that still have food all over them. Deb, I feel like I can call her Deb because that's how she signed her emails. Okay. Deb's dishwasher. I take back everything I just said about people with newly (laughs) renovated kitchens because Deb's dishwasher and stove were so superior to mine. I take it all back. I just, I'm just jealous. More like Electra sucks. Am I right? Uh, Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. So we take back all of that. Like uh, we are, we are not. People yeah. of the people. <laughs> um, we, like we, Wolf, Blue Star. Like we want all Viking. the fancy things. We yeah. want all the fancy things. Somebody sponsor us. Having said that, you really cannot beat like a $25 carbon steel wok for, yeah. for wok cooking. Yeah. No, that may, Like a, you can't beat a cast iron pan. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think we talked about this recently. Like I recently got a new cast iron pan. It was, it was at target. I think it was on sale for like $13, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a lodge cast iron pan. Like you can't get a better pan than that. No, I know. You I, I sound like a different, like, I felt like I, I feel like I sound like, sound like one kind of asshole, like, <laughs> like 10 we? seconds ago. And now I've just morphed into a slightly different kind of asshole. Well, Ash and I often talk about, so like near bedtime, June like starts, we, we call it her rapid cycling. <laughs> she starts going through all the different emotions. Emotions and behaviors. Oh, my mom really called rapidly. that the arsenic hour. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's June's rapid cycling. Wow, hour. yes. And you and I pretty much just rapidly cycled through a whole bunch of personalities. Yes, but none of them were likable personalities. No, absolutely not. I want to delete this whole part of the show and start over. <laughs> no, we're keeping it. Oh. Yeah, but oh, but this dishwasher, like, it plays a little song when it's done. Like it has, it has like different cycles that all probably do the same thing, but it's so fun to select Um, them. Deb's dishwasher. It like, um, the, the, um, the dish rack, the, the upper rack kind of naturally like slides out. If you just barely (sighs) touch it, 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 it's like, oh, you wanted me to come out. Ah!" Mine doesn't do that, but it holds so much more than the old dishwasher, but it takes up the same amount of space. It's magic. It's like, it's like a Klein bottle in there. What's a, what's a Klein bottle? It's like a 3D Mobius strip. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, so um, I, I take it all back. Um, my two and a half working burners are not enough for me. 
No, I think they are. I think they definitely are. I think you make great dinners for your family all the time, and I'm very proud of you. Oh, thanks, Matthew. Oh, my God, this show just got so earnest. We are rapidly cycling. Yeah, I, I realized I was serious, but I think it sounded like I was being facetious, but I wasn't, actually. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, I do work hard to show love to my family mm-hmm. through cooking. Yeah, we, we do we do our best, and, and some small percentage of the time, that's good enough. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Analon Gourmet Cookware. And whether you're impressing your friends or just cooking up some eggs for yourself at home, there is no better way to do it than with Analon's full line of gourmet cookware. Shop all their stuff, all of it, pasta makers, culinary torches, baking tools at Macy's. Analon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. You can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com. I'll, I'll write up a recipe for fried rice, despite the fact that um, I have like uh, like 12 minutes to do that between now and the time we uh, leave for Oklahoma City, which we'll be back from by the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? No, I'm just going to link to Kenji's fried rice article yeah, on Serious it, it, Eats that it, has like a method that'll work for, for like a variety of different nobody, fried rice. Nobody rices. can do it better than Kenji anyway. That's what I always say. Yeah. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast. What do you like to put in your fried rice? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find what us. What are your backbone aromatics? Yeah. What are your backbone aromatics? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this could be a, a line of, uh, of colognes. What does what your backbone smell like? I mean, hopefully, like, like it's got a good, a good funk. Soap? Or, yeah. So some, some combination of like a soap and a, and a good funk. Okay. Is, are like, you going to call your like good maybe, funk band the Aromatics? Is yes, that, is that what you were go. building up yes, to earlier? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, like like you you know you showered this morning, but now like you know you got like your never mind. Okay, um, got way too personal. Uh, our producer uh, is Abby Circatella. Uh, you know we're on Instagram at Spelled Milk Podcast. I think we post about it once, uh, twice a year, <laughs> but it's always a real event when we do. We do. Sometimes. Um, and until next time, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We're about two burners short of a full stove. <laughs> I'm Holly Weisberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Oh, I had a funky clown nose. Uh huh. Okay. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.